0: But today, we're going to understand how our great-grandfather Abraham operated. And we're going to see some things within us we are failing to do as Christians. And there's just a fine, thin line assuming that I'm a Christian. And there's a fine, thin line for you failing because of your disobedience. You know, one of the most important things in the Christendom is to obey the word of God. It's very important. If you need anything from God, you must obey God. true love, true trust, total trust in him, believing in him. Believing in God, trusting God, obeying him. All, if you put all of them around, it becomes the love you have for God. When you begin to love the things of God, Now, let me say this clearly. When you put love in anything you do, there is result. Nobody can take the result from you. I say this again. When you build yourself in a situation that you put love in what you do, there will be results. And the result, not even man can alter the result because the result you get is defined. Father, as I begin to share your word this morning, Lord, I ask that every word I speak today bless the heart of every man and woman, child that listens to this message. Lord, let the word that I speak be the intent of our Lord Jesus Christ, not my intent. Lord, that as as we finish this message, Lord, people will be blessed and they will see your hand, your hand of favor, your hand of healing in our lives. For in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Okay. I, I did a few things. I wrote a few things I want us to go through. In the topic today is the power of obedience. I repeat, the topic today is the power of obedience. Now, sometimes people think they know too much, and sometimes they don't know nothing. But knowing the word of God... Understanding who God is, it's so powerful that when you begin to understand who God is, there are so many things you don't bother yourself about. There are so many things God himself will take care for you. When I say we're going to talk about our great father Abraham, gradually I unfold to that level. But let me start with the word, Second Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 2 to 6. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty true God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself to the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled." Here, this was Paul writing a letter. I mean, he wrote a letter to the people of Corinthians, and was trying to let them understand that he might not be as confident with them present, but his letter that he has written will speak more volume. And going further, there were issues in the church. And he tried to make them understand that the way we operate, it's not our carnal mind, not through the flesh. Though we live and walk in the flesh, but we do not operate with the flesh. For example, these days in the world, people get violent. When you offend people, they bring out their gun, they bring out their knife, they bring out their bow and arrow. They fight you physically. What Paul is saying, we do not fight this fight physically as Christians. When you fight this fight physically as Christians, you will get punished. God told us to love our neighbors, not to hurt our neighbors. When you fight this fight physically, you get punished. Now, take for example, if I shoot somebody, I go to jail. And the Bible said that shall not kill. Now, what Paul is saying here, I like it so clearly. In verse 3, he said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mind to true God. So in every situations we find ourselves, in every imaginary decision, in every thought that we have that is bothering us, that's becoming a stronghold, here Paul is telling us we as Christians, you can pick the thoughts and bring the thought under the submission of Christ. i like to say this again in this form. If I have a headache, for example, I need to take Panadol. And for me to take Panadol, the idea of me taking Panadol is to bring the headache under subjection. Now, I cannot, somebody cannot take the Panadol for me to cure my headache. Amen? Now, i like to take this again in verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty true God. So the pulling down of strongholds. What are these strongholds? What are the things really bothering you? What is it in your mind? I am sick. I don't have a job. I don't have a wife. I don't have a husband. Oh, I'm lacking behind everything. It is a stronghold. And some of these strongholds get people into depression. Some people are taking their tablets, and they get to a point, I'm tired of taking this tablet. The tablet is becoming stronger. But look, i got good news for children of God. It says in verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high talk that I thought in self against the knowledge of God. When you talk about the knowledge of God, he's talking about the knowledge of God you have, not God's knowledge. There's nothing that can go against God's knowledge. What is the knowledge you have about God? So the knowledge you have about God is, when you obey the things of God, you now have the ability to bring everything under control. Bring that pain, that pain, that trouble, that emotional disturbance, that mental disturbance, that turbulence, that stronghold that is getting you confused, getting you, making you miserable, you can bring it under the control of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can do that in disobedience. I like the way he went for that in verse verse five. He said, casting down, I like to repeat it again. He said, casting down imaginations. And every, he didn't say one, every. So there are several. Every high, high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. So your thought, while you are thinking of it, the Bible says, while we are praying, God has heard us. Before we finish praying, God has answered. Why you are thinking of it, you can bring that thought under the obedience of Christ. And when you bring that thought under the obedience of Christ, every other thing fighting against you, we obey the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we are beginning to understand in verse 6. It says, sorry, towards the end of verse 5, it says, Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So first, as a child of God, you must obey the things of God. This is where Abraham, this is the thing Abraham understood from the one. He knew if he was to be blessed, he knew if anything would happen to him, he must obey God. He obeyed God. Even, let me say this, even in his sin, the sins he committed, the things he did wrong, God did not record it against Abraham because Abraham was faithful, trusting, believing that with God, all things, not some, all, all things are possible. Praise the Lord, somebody. So I want us as Christians to carry out this attitude. I like the word uh, that that Brian and uh, sister Jen was sharing this morning with the foam. Now the foam, when you were squeezing the foam, that was all the imaginations, all the thoughts you were squeezing. You know, they were disturbing you. They were bothering you. You don't have a solution to it. But when you obey the things of God, that foam will bounce back with a smile. And this is what Abraham faced in the book of Romans, chapter 4. Praise the Lord. If we just turn to Romans, chapter 4. Romans, chapter 4. I'd like to read from verse 1. It said, What shall we then say Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was canted for him for righteousness. Now, for Abraham to believe God, he obeyed God. One of the things Abraham did was that when God asked him to use his only son for sacrifice, Abraham did not grumble. Abraham did not fight back. Abraham humbly, humbly, this is very important, humbly took his son and was ready to slaughter his son. And his son asked the father, Father, where's the sacrifice? Because Abraham believed God. God said, that shall not kill. Abraham believed God. And Abraham told the son, God will provide. In his obedience, he trusted. He believed God. And actually, God did provide the ram for the sacrifice. Praise the Lord. When you believe God, I'm saying this again. When you believe God, God begins to work on your behalf. When I was sick in the hospital, I almost went into diabetes coma. I could not pray. My mouth could not pray. But my heart, my total being was believing God for healing, was believing God for healing. And thank God, today I am healed of diabetes. It's a rare thing to hear people say, praise the Lord. When you keep believing God, it's another way of obeying God. And I move forward to go, according to verse 3 of the same Romans 4, I'm just going to read through, almost throughout the whole of verse 4. It said, for what said the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, so here we must understand that we who are children of Abraham or children of Christ, we must believe God, believe the report of God in every situation. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what you think, but believe God to provide. God will always provide. Praise the Lord. And verse 4, he says, now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned for, of grace, but, but of death. Then verse 5 says, but to him that walketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. Now, Abraham, for example, we could say the sin Abraham committed was sleeping with his wife's uh, uh, maid, right? But in the context of God, God did not count that as a sin. God still blessed Abraham because Abraham obeyed everything God told him. When God told Abraham, get up, leave your father's house, go to the land I want you to go to, Abraham did not ask God, God, why? Why me? I'm comfortable with my father's house. Abraham left willingly, believing God. If God has said it, he must bring it to pass. Believing God and went to the land God asked him to. If you go through the life of Abraham, everything he he did with God is based on his obedience every single thing read the history of Abraham in fact his obedience was so great that God wanted to reward him and God don't know how in fact sorry let me put this word God was thinking how can I reward Abraham and I believe God was looking at Abraham this is your belief and trust in me okay what I'm going to do to Abraham I'm going to bless your generations So for every man and woman listening to me, in your believing God, in your obeying God, your generations unborn will be blessed. This is how God blessed Abraham. And those of us who are Christians, we are benefiting the blessings today. And we in turn are to pass this to our children. Now, I'll go further in reading. Praise the Lord. I'm in verse 5 now. But to him that walketh not, but believe on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described, and so David himself recognized that Abraham's faith was counted. Now, faith is sometimes hoped for things not seen. Abraham was the only person in the Bible whose hope was in hope. I like to say this again. Abraham's hope was in hope. If you read the whole of verse 4, because of time, I like to explain it much better. I will let people read the whole of it. Abraham was circumcised because of his obedience. Now, this circumcision was substitution without hands. Abraham, too, please hear this very well. Everybody who is hoping for God, who is hoping God for one healing, healing or the other, hear this very well. Abraham said to God that his age is 100 years old and that he is dead, according to Romans 4. And also said his wife, womb is dead. How come God is telling him that they are going to have a child? But he believed God even when his wife was doubting. He obeyed God in his belief. He trusted God in his belief, praise the Lord. And because he's trusting God in his belief, God did a lot for Abraham. I'd like to read for the Amplified Version, which will bring, him, bring more light from verse 7. Praise the Lord. As David said, he said, Blessed and happy and favored are those who lawless act have been forgiven so during the time of abraham though the law was not there but god recognized what sin was and everything god david recognized this in the life of abraham and whose sin have been covered up and completely buried so when you obey god to a level your sins will be covered up and buried because in your obedience to god you would not have the heart to commit sin. I say this again. In your obedience to the things of God, you will not have the heart to commit sin. And sin varies according to God. And going up from verse 8, it says, blessed and happy and favored is the man whose sin The Lord will not take into account nor charge against him. The only reason God will not take your sins into account is because you have fully obeyed God. The Bible says, when you become born again, all things have passed away. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Meaning, you are now living a life, a lifestyle that pleases God. In obedience to God, not your former. And when you start living in obedience to God, a lot of things begin to happen. Open doors begin to happen. Where favor where people cannot find favor, you will find favor. I say this again: When you begin to obey God in the things you do, where people cannot find favor, you will find favor. Praise the Lord. And then verse nine says, Is, it, is this blessing only for circumcised or also for uncircumcised? For we say, faith was created, was credited to Abraham as righteousness, how then was it credited to him? Was it after he had been circumcised or before? Not after, but while he was uncircumcised, he received the signs of circumcision, a seal of confirmation of righteousness, which he had by faith. Now, Abraham had this by faith. I like to say this. People take faith for granted. I have faith. It's not just I have faith. Having faith is knowing God. Having faith is understanding God. Having faith is trusting God that though these things I'm looking for, they do not exist. I cannot see them physically. But because I trust God, because I have faith, faith is inclusive of his word in me. And I believe in the power of his mind that everything I'm looking for Everything I'm sourcing for, God is able. It's able to deliver. I say this again. Everything you're trusting for, when you begin to look at your problem, when you begin to look at your situation, you are being disobedient to God. When you look at God, your problem will shrink. i like to give a small testimony. And this testimony is to glorify to glorify God. I once prayed with a woman. When I prayed with the woman, I shared the word of God with the woman. What was the word of God I shared? John 3, 16 to 18. And what I told the woman, I said, look, I cannot heal you. I do not have the power to heal you. But God has the power. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe in God? She said, yes. I said, are you sure? He said, yes. I said, your belief will prove you right or wrong. And then we prayed. I said, God, you can hear this woman say she believes in you. I'm not the person speaking. And your word says those that believe in you, that trust in you, that give total submission, no matter what the situation is, look unto you. You will deliver them. You say you will not condemn them. They will be saved already. And I hand over the prayers to God. While we were praying, the spirit of God spoke. And I told the lady, I said, Madam, I will see you in church. The woman, looked, the, woman, the woman was thinking, how can this be? Because God spoke. I said, I will see you in church. Frankly speaking, the Sunday I saw the woman in church. Everything that was to go on in the woman's life in the hospital, God annoyed them. No one went through. I remember when my sister was sick, she had leukemia. In 2014, she called me and said she was crying. They they declared me I have leukemia. I said, you have leukemia. There's no need to cry. I came to her in the hospital, and the first question I asked, I said, sister, do you want to live or die? She was kind of, her eyes popped up. You can see she was really upset when I asked her the question. They're telling me I have leukemia, cancer cancer of the blood. You're asking if I want to live or die. I said, well, you have the right to answer the question or not. I left her after some 30 minutes, I say back to my question. And then when it was one, one hour, I say back to my question, and she said, she wants to leave." I shook her hands and we prayed. I said, "John 3:16 to 18, we her, And when I finished, I took my phone, I sent a message to every man and woman of God that I know that please, this is a matter of urgency. And today she's leaving in your obedience to believe that God is able, that God can do it. In fact, let me say this. Your belief can wake up organs, dead organs in your body. Your belief can bring healing. It's scriptural. Your belief can provide job. Your belief can provide the things you know that are difficult you think you cannot achieve. Praise the Lord. Now, because of time, I will move further to show to to move further in verse verse 10 of the same Romans 4. Praise the Lord if you're dead. How then was it credited to him? Was it after he had been circumcised or before? Not after, but while he was uncircumcised, he received the signs of circumcision, a seal of confirmation of the righteousness which he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised now his belief and obedience to god justified him to be circumcised this is so powerful his belief this is he knew faith and he worked in faith and obeyed faith so you see where our obedience comes in the power of obedience Once you begin to obey, you see things happening. Take, for example, those of us who are parents. When your children begin to obey you, they get the best of love from you. When your children begin to humble themselves and obey you and do the things that are right around you, you take good care of them. But when they become disobedient, you get angry at them. Now, if you see, now now you're getting the story clearly. Praise the Lord. Now, still reading on that Romans 4. From verse 12 now. And after that, he will be the spiritual father of those circumcised who are not only circumcised, but who, also walk in step of faith of our our father Abraham, which he had before he was circumcised. So even before Abraham was circumcised, he has already begun to walk in faith, in obedience. And here the Bible is saying, for us as children of God, for us to do things and enjoy the benefit of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God, we must walk in faith. And working in faith, it's being obedient. I can hear somebody thinking of their situation at the moment. Let me say this. Your situation, there's nothing new under the sun. Please listen to me. Nothing is new under the sun. You're thinking about your situation. Let me tell you, God has the ability to change that situation. You just need to obey. You just need to obey. You need to just obey. it's as simple as the way i say it you are looking at your situation oh god why is this happening just obey. sometimes things go wrong for us as christians so that we will know our road back home to where our father abraham started from because when you know where you are coming from your destination is so smooth but when you don't know where you are coming from Every part you walk, there will be turbulence. Praise the Lord, somebody. In verse 13, I'm just taking it. This is so important, in verse 13. it said, for the promise of Abraham or to his descendant that he would be his of the world was not through observing the requirements of the law, <laughs> but through the righteousness of faith. So Abraham's descendant. Oh, thank you, Jesus. At uh, least I like to read this again. It's getting more interesting. Verse thirteen. He said, "For the promise of Abraham, or the descendants that he would be heirs of the world, was not through observing the requirements of the law, but through the righteousness of faith." So faith is the word of God. Faith is God in action. Faith is the only thing that can level any mountain. Faith is the only power that can take every battle away from our mind and crush it, just as Sister Jen crushed the foam. You see, all the disturbance was crushing the foam. But when the foam, when the power of God, which is called faith, came, the foam backed banks. the foam was alive. So as children of God, I employ everybody, please, whatever you do, even if it's once a week, take the Bible, sit down, one, two, three hours, talk to God, ask him questions. He will teach you his word. And that is the weapons of our warfare. Because when you have his word, you have the weapons to fight to destroy everything around you that is not working to your favor. His word is the weapon. That is what Paul is saying. The weapons of our welfare are not cannibal. mind to God. to the pulling down of strongholds. It's the faith you have that will pull down every stronghold. Remember, because Abraham obeyed God and believed God, you know Abraham went for war? He went for war. He won the war. That was why he was able to tie to Meshushedek. I'm just breaking all this gradually, gradually. When you obey, there's so much power in the obedience of God. In fact, the power is so great. Let me say this again. The Bible says, the Godhead, which is the head of all principalities, resides inside me and you as Christians. The reason we are not functioning as Christians is because we do not know that the Godhead, the power of the Son, the Father and the Holy Spirit reside inside us. And because we do not know, we are ignorant. When things happen to us, we'll be looking for solution. But if you study which is faith, if you know God, you will not know that that same power of God, which raised Jesus Christ from the dead, resides inside you. And if you tell the mountain to move, the mountain will move i say this again. If you tell, no matter what the mountain is, if you tell the mountain to move, the mountain will move. The Bible says, it says, study and meditate on the word of God that you may prosper. And he added something, study and meditate on the word of God. When you study and meditate on the word of God, you're building your faith. And when you study to the point that your study has become under the obedience of Christ, that God has not given the authority, then your study that will become cons- your, your your prosperity will be crowned with a success. You know, some people can be successful, but they can progress, they can prosper, but they are not successful. I say this again: people can prosper but not successful. But when God blesses, He blesses with a success. So in your studying the word of God. And doing things right, and obeying the word of God, gradually, you will see things happening. Every mountain will go plain. Every mountain we go plain. You will walk through the red carpets. Praise the Lord, somebody. And moving to verse 14, and there's something I want to bring out really clearly here in, in verse 14. Praise the Lord. Okay, verse 13. It says, for the promise of Abraham, okay, no, I've read that, 14. He said, if those who are followers of the law are the true heirs of Abraham, then faith leading to salvation is of no effect and void. And the promise of God is not, for the law results in God's wrath against sin. But where there is no law, there is no violation either. So during the time of Abraham, no matter the sin Abraham committed, Abraham was not in violation. Because the law was not there to hold Abraham. But while we look at Abraham, it's not that God does not know what is seen and what is not seen. But while we are looking and trying to say, oh, Abraham did this, Abraham did that. Abraham, obedient, justified Abraham. And God did not count that for Abraham. And I pray every one of us, our obedience to Christ will justify us in the face of man. That wherever we go to, when people see us, just may seeing us we are justified for what we are looking for. This is my prayer for every member of Wellspring. And then verse verse 16 says, therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on faith. Please, hear this. Hear this clearly. This is so important. I read it again, verse 16. He said, therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on faith. That is confident, trust in the unseen god so everything you're hoping for everything you're wishing for everything you want to benefit whether you're looking for fruit of the womb whether you have an assignment whether you want to go for a course whether you whether you're sick whether your wife is sick whether your husband is sick as Len said the last time when he preached he said something very important as i need to say this again what you said very important is that every man and child of God, no matter what you are going to get in the habit, raise your hand, lay your hand on the situation and pray, command the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ into that situation. Don't sit down and fold your hand. Don't sit down and say, oh, what can I do? Never give up. When you give up your disobedience to God, Praise the Lord, somebody. I know my time is almost up. I like to read the verse 16 again. It gets more interesting. He said, therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on faith. That is confident trust in the unseen God in order that it may give us an act of grace, his unmerited favor and mercy, so that the promise will be legally guaranteed. Thank you, Jesus to all the descendants of Abraham. Can you see that? So that the promise of Abraham will be legally, that is as a child of God, the promise of Abraham, you will legally have it because of faith and faith is obedience to the things of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And to all the descendants of Abraham, not only to those Jewish believers, you see that not only to those Jews believe who keep the law, but also to those Gentiles believers who share the faith of Abraham, who is the spiritual father of us all, as it's written in scripture: I have made you a father of many nations in the sight of him in whom you believe. That is God who gives life to the dead and call unto being. That wish does not exist. I am sick. I have diabetes. Diabetes exists in me. But when God came, diabetes disappeared. The Bible says, call things. You call things into existence. It's the power of faith. Let me tell you, if you don't know, let me, tell, let me, try, to, let me try to say how people call things into existence. I don't have a house. I want to buy a house. You're calling that house into existence. And because you believe in God and you bring that thought of buying a house into subjection under the obedience of Christ, Christ will walk you. We provide the avenues for you to get the finance to buy the house. And Christ will provide the job that will bring the finance for you to pay the mortgage. I use this as an analogy. Praise the Lord, somebody. So remember that it's power in obedience. Praise the Lord. While I read read verse, verse 18, I have skipped some places because of time. Verse 18 says, This is where it gets more interesting. In hope against hope, Abraham believed that he would come, become a father of many nations. Now, this is so interesting. Abraham. Who does not have a child does not have a child has been told by God, you will be a father of many nations. Now, how does this happen? Abraham said in in himself that he is 100 years old, his body is dead. And said his wife's womb is dead. And God is telling him that he will be a father of many nations. And him has no child. But Abraham, a man of faith, believed God in obedience. And God quickened everything about his body system, all the organs, all begin to function. Wicked Sarah's womb, all begin to function. And they have a child. This is what obedience to faith does. I have about three or four minutes to go. I will have to run up because I will have to round up here. And again, because of the obedience of Jesus Christ, please hear this. Because of the obedience of Jesus Christ to the things of God, God was able to raise Jesus Christ on the dead. So in your obedience, everything that is dead in you, God will bring back to life. God bless you. Now, let me just give you, I'll give you fruits of obedience. Because our fruits of obedience, I'll just read them out. If you can take them or listen to the message later. He built your account of righteousness. The fruits of obedience builds your account of righteousness. He gives favor for you between man and God. When you obey, he brings favor between you and man and God. He wakes every dead thing in your life. When you obey, everything that is dead in your life begins to come alive. Praise the Lord. The fourth one. He gives God the right to justify you before men. Even if you do not merit it, even if you are not good enough, but because you are obedient to God, God will justify you before men. Praise the Lord. And the the fifth one says, it gives generational blessings. What is this generational blessings? That you, the father, because you believe in God and you obey God, and you bring up your children in the fear of the Lord, what happens? Your children will go and enjoy the blessings of Abraham. God bless all these lovely children we have. Amen. And then the sixth one says, it generates organ in the body. They come to life in your obedience. Organs that are filling your body, in your obedience, they will come to life. It brings healing, divine healing, praise the Lord. The seventh one, before I end up, says, when we start to obey the things of God, the things of God is the entire word fits. F I F F A I T H. When we begin to obey, we have the ability to transfer. I say this again. We have the ability to transfer our bodies. Everything that is burdening us that is a stronghold to God. And once you are able to transfer that, God in turn will change situation. That's why Jesus Christ said in his word: all those that are heavily laden, that are burdened, come to me that I might give you rest. For my yoke is light. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Father, I just thank you as I have shared this word today. Lord, let this word stand in the heart of men and women listening to this word. Lord, bless them in their obedience. Lord, let the power of your resurrection power, let it dwell among all the members of Wellspring. Lord, every stronghold battles of the mind for any member of Wellspring. Lord, today we join our faith together and we pull down that stronghold to the glory of your holy name. Lord, we set every member of Wellspring, I join my faith with the elders and the pastors of the church, Lord of Wellspring, and we begin to pull down. We begin to pull down and every member of Wellspring in unity, we begin to pull down every stronghold, everything that has been bothering our mind, everything that has held us captive, Lord, we lose them, we destroy them by the power in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God bless you all. Wellspring.